Yeah, I know you're really excited about that one. Uh, yeah, Captain America. Yeah, you ought to be excited about Captain America. He's a pretty cool guy. Uh, the best thing, you know, about Captain America is uh, not, not, you know, it's kind of neat tights, right? But uh, the best thing is, uh, not that he's like buff like I wish he were, but um, the best thing is that, that Captain America starts out as just a regular guy. I mean, you, know, you go back into the Marvel comics and you look at the, the story of Captain America. Captain America is just uh, a regular guy that just wants to serve. And, and in the process of being that regular guy and just accepting the mission, he, he gets in this program and he gets injected with this, you know, super serum stuff. And he just becomes strong and becomes this uh, superhero. Uh, but in his core, at his base, Captain America is just a, well, he's just a regular guy. Who just wants to serve? And uh, you know, after he becomes Captain America, he gets you know the outfit, and you know he gets to uh, you know carry around the super shield. Now, thankfully, his shield's a little bit bigger than my shield. This is not quite body proportionate here on the shield thing, but nevertheless, he gets to carry around this really cool shield, and you know he can throw it, and it's kind of like a boomerang thing. You know, he can throw it, and it's kind of a weapon, and it comes back to him or it defends him. Uh, but so he's a big guy with a big shield, and he's buff. And uh, well, the big thing is, Captain America is just kind of a regular guy who just signed up uh, to serve. And in the process of serving, he does some superhero kinds of things. And we could use that same description today as we look at our first century superhero, we could use that same description about this guy named Ananias. It comes to us in the book of Acts. It's in the ninth chapter. If you got your handout today, I just gave you the, the, uh, the handout, the story from, uh, from uh, Acts 9 of, uh, of Ananias. And so you're going to kind of want to read through that with me. And if you got a pen, great, because there's some words in there. You're going to want to circle uh, just so you don't lose some of the key points this morning, okay? But uh, if you go to Acts 9 and you just start out in verse 10 uh, of Acts 9, we, we get some word about who this guy is, this Ananias guy. It says, a follower named Ananias lived in Damascus. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision. And Ananias answered, Lord, here I am. Now, what's the first thing that we learn about Ananias? I gave you a tip. Well, he's just a, a follower, right? I mean, it doesn't say anything more about him. I mean, we don't really learn much else about him in the rest of all of Scripture, right? All we get is kind of this passage and one other I'll show you. But, I mean, the key is for Acts 9, Ananias is just a follower. I mean, he's not one of the 12, you know. He's, he, he's not even designated here as saying, you know, Ananias, the leader of the church in Damascus. I mean, he's just a follower. <laughs> he's a follower. That's what he is. If you go to Acts 22, the Apostle Paul uh, refers to Ananias because the experience we're looking at here in, uh, in the book of Acts is part of a bigger story of the whole experience of the Apostle Paul's conversion on the road to, a, to Damascus, right? And if, if you open your Bibles to Acts 9, the interesting thing is you, you won't even fi find a heading there that says anything about, you know, Ananias' big moment, you know? If you go there, it's going to be Paul's conversion. And Ananias is just in the experience. 
It's not even pulled out as a special thing. Why? Well, because he's just a follower. He's just a follower. And the only thing we get from Acts 22 is two more insights on the guy. It says that in that city there was a man named Ananias who faithfully obeyed the law of Moses and was well-liked by all the Jewish people living there. He came to me and said, Saul, my friend, you can now see again, and at once I could see. So we learned two more things about Ananias. What did we learn? Well, he was a guy who faithfully obeyed, right? I mean, apparently that's just part of who he was as a follower. He, he just kind of faithfully obeyed. And, and the second thing is apparently because he faithfully obeyed and he did what God wanted to do, he must have been doing a lot of good stuff because, well, he was well-liked. People liked him. He was a good guy. But, but that's really all we get to know about Ananias, this guy that turns out to do really a superhero kind of thing. And that's what is so great for us. Ananias is just a guy that follows Jesus. That's it. He's just a guy that follows Jesus. Now what makes Ananias important and powerful in his following is that he understands the principle of availability. He's a follower, a guy just like us, any of us who are sold out on Christ here, I mean, he's just a guy that follows Jesus. And because he follows, he understands this principle of being available for divine appointments. Look again at verse 10. It says, A follower named Ananias lived in Damascus. The Lord spoke to him in a vision. Ananias answered, Lord, here I am. So God comes to him in a vision, and his response is, I'm available. Right? I mean, it seems to be it. That Ananias is just a regular guy. He's just a regular follower. But the one thing he gets is that if you follow Christ, it means you put yourself in a position of being available for whatever divine appointments God may be creating in your days. Ananias is about his business. We don't know what he was doing that day. We don't know if he was deep in prayer or if he was just working or we don't know what was going on in the day. All we know is that somewhere along the course of the day, God spoke and put on Ananias' heart that he had something for him to do. And his response is simply, Lord, I'm available. I'm available. See, this is what we believe. You followers out there, right? Folks that are followers, this is what we know to be true, is that God is always working in our days. And he's always creating the opportunities for us to have these divine appointments these experiences that God has worked and arranged for us to go through. And the key for us is being available. Being available, being ready, and no matter what's going on in the day, to just say, Lord, here I am. I, I get it. This is a divine appointment. Lord, I'm ready for whatever happens. Lord, you must be setting this up, so I'm going to be available, and I'm going to be ready. If we look at the text, it just says, The Lord said to him, Get up, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, Straight Street, when you get there, you'll find a, a man named Saul from the city of Tarsus. Saul's praying, and he's seen a vision. He saw a man named Ananias come to him and put his hands on him so he could see again. Now, what's really interesting, notice in the text, at the same time that God is coming to Ananias and saying, Ananias, I need you to be available. He has already, already come to this guy named Paul, Saul, and given Saul a vision about Ananias. 
Now think this through with me. You ready? This means that God has already put in motion all of the experience needed for this divine appointment. That before he secures Ananias, before Ananias even responds and says, I'll obey, here I am. Before he even takes the mission, like Captain America, just saying, yep, I'm ready to go. Before he says, here I am, I'm available. God has already put it before Paul and said, listen, Ananias is going to come and he's going to heal you. Think about that. God is so far out in front that he already knows the situations in which he puts you in and the outcomes that he's going to create. Did you follow that? I mean, he already knows. Before he even comes to Ananias, he already knows the capabilities of what this regular guy, Ananias, with his regular follower, he already knows what he is going to be able to accomplish if he just makes himself available. And it's all there. It's all in place. The key is for Ananias to just say, here I am, Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, these divine appointments that God's working and creating, that doesn't mean they don't come, e you know, they come easy, that they don't come with some challenge. Ananias says, okay, here I am. And God tells him, this is what I want you to do. And Ananias comes back and says, well, Lord, listen, a lot of people have told me a lot of terrible things about this guy you want me to go see. And uh, the chief priests have given him power to come here and arrest anybody who worships your name. So Ananias is a little like, eh, you sure about this, God? I mean, I've heard some bad stuff about this guy. And I mean, I could heal him and he could turn around and arrest me. I mean, are you really sure you're on target with this one? Ananias is ready to face the reality of the challenge that goes along with this divine appointment. But ultimately, when God comes back to Ananias, all God has to say is, listen, I've got a purpose for this. It's in the next verses. It says, the Lord said to Ananias, one great simple word. What's the great simple word? <laughs> go. You know, listen, I'm telling you to go, okay? Remember, we learned about Ananias. He was not only a light guy, but he faithfully obeyed. And God says, listen, Ananias, you've got to just trust my purpose. Just trust my purpose. See, Captain America had this great cool shield, right? I mean, really, really cool big shield. Well, what do we got? Well, what we have when we say, I'm available, we have the awareness that God is already out in front of us, and what he does in our life is for a purpose. The divine appointments that he makes in our life, they, they've got intention behind them. They've got purpose behind them. If you look, it says, listen, go. Why? Well, because I've chosen this guy, Paul, to tell foreigners, kings, and the people of Israel about me, and I'll show him how much he must suffer for worshiping in my name. Ananias, you think you're going to have it tough? No, listen, Paul is the guy that's really going to face the challenges. You just go, because I have a divine purpose for this. This is what it means for us. If we're followers, it means we understand that God is working all the time and he's making these divine appointments for us. And we just know that those appointments aren't mistakes. But, but there's purposes behind those appointments. And all we have to do is say, look, I'm available. I'm ready to do it. Whatever you ask, I'm available. And when we do that, miracles can take place. When we do that, 
miracles can take place because they're divine appointments. Now, remember, what did we discover about Ananias right away? He was just a regular guy and a follower. That means not one of the twelve, right? He's, he doesn't seem to be anything special. doesn't show up anywhere else in the scripture, basically. He's just a regular guy. And yet we get the experience in this text, Ananias becomes a guy who does a miracle. So he obeys. He makes himself available. He left. He went to the house where Saul was. He placed his hands on Saul and said, Saul, the Lord Jesus has sent me. He is the same one who appeared to you along the road. And he wants you to be able to see and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly something like fish scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see. And he got up and he was baptized. And then he ate and he felt much better. I think he probably did. Don't you? I think he probably did. I mean, don't you feel much better when you're part of a miracle? Ananias is just a regular guy. And, and because he understands to be a follower, it means to be just available, even if it's a challenge. But if you do that, you can be a participant in some miraculous changes in people's lives. You really can if you just, in your regular days, you're going through, if you just get available, if you just get sensitive out there, and you get available to what God can do, if you just do that, you can be a participant in seeing people's lives changed. Miracles that take place. Now, we don't always get that. Why? Because we don't always understand the greater purpose that God is doing. What God is doing on a big scale of, of you know, His purpose, not just in our lives, but in the world, what he wants to do in other people's life. you got to remember, this story of Ananias is just kind of in the middle of a big story about Paul being changed from a persecutor to the one that carries the message to the Gentile world. There is a huge picture, and Ananias is just a participant in that one picture. But think about this. If Ananias had disobeyed, if Ananias had said, Lord, look, I'm just not available today, would Paul have been so powerful to preach the gospel so that you and I would be in the room this morning? You see how important it is to be available? Follower? And we get the outcome right away. It says right away, for several days, Saul stayed with the Lord's followers in Damascus, and soon he went to the Jewish meeting places. He started telling people that Jesus is the Son of God. Everyone heard Saul, and they were amazed at what he said. And they said, like, like Ananias, isn't this the guy that was causing trouble and was arresting people? And didn't he come here to arrest the people? And does he have the power of the chief priest? Well, look at the outcome. Saul preached with such power that he completely confused the Jewish people in Damascus as he tried to show them that Jesus is the Messiah. That's what happens when a follower, regular people that we are, Make ourselves available in spite of the challenge and know that God has a purpose and a divine appointment. And when we just follow that, He can do miraculous things. Now, we're really committed around here at Christ Church at making things real, right? And, and so today, uh, one of our folks, uh, Gene, is going to come on up. Come on up, Gene. And, and we're going to try to show you what I shared with you this morning here we're in Ananias' story how real this is in, in just our lives, right? If, if you just follow. And uh, Gene has a story to tell. So tell us, Gene, how did it start? 
Well, mid-January, we sent our son off, uh, my healthy 24-year-old son, to the Air Force basic training. Little did I know that within three months, he would have to have two surgeries. Um, he was healthy. We went for his graduation on March 15th to San Antonio, Texas, beautiful place. All was going well um, until Friday night, uh, the 15th of March, a uh, light switch was flipped. Uh, Saturday when we picked him up, he had said he had a horrible night, uh, abdominal pain, throwing up, it was just awful. And we thought food poisoning, so thought with rest he would get better, but he didn't. He just progressively got worse. And uh, he had a um, horrible ride, eight hours up to Shepherd Air Force Base where he was dehydrated. He was just continually getting worse and worse. Ended up in the hospital actually that Monday night at his new base. Um, just continued to try and do what the doctors told him and they uh, were looking at uh, bowel obstruction. He uh, ended up in the hospital, uh, had surgery, still wasn't getting better. Uh, a week and a half later was sent to Dallas, Texas uh, they were more equipped to handle the bowel obstruction there. Still continued to not get better. And then at that point, uh, when he was transferred, I knew I had to be there. And that's, in my eyes, where the miracle started. Um, well, it started before that as well. But in my eyes, at that moment, what I knew, I just had to be there. So I had worked all day, and quarter to seven at night, I started driving to Mama Bear was coming. Um, going to Texas, I had to be with my son, so I drove through the night into the next day, um, got there that afternoon, 19 hours, um, only rested an hour, but God gave me that strength and, and courage to get there. Again, um, you know, the hospital people were wonderful. All the people God put in our life, um, our path, um, that Saturday night at the hotel, I picked a um, church because I knew I had to, you know, be um, around followers, and, and uh, though I was not expecting to have um, a wonderful lady come up to me um, in a quite a large congregation and ask if she could pray over my son because she prayed over bowel obstructions. Now we're talking hundreds of people in this congregation, and she was only two pews ahead of me. So, you know. Right, don't miss that. Did you hear that? Hundreds of people. She'd driven all the way through the night. Big challenge in her son's life. Driven all the way through the night. She goes to church on Sunday morning because she's a follower. Two pews up, there is a woman who prays for... Bowel obstructions. Didn't know that was a specialty in ministry, but I'm glad to hear we got it. It's good. It's good. Two rows up, there's a woman in the midst of all these people, and you guys connect. And she worked at the church, actually, and, and um, to be available to get out of her position to go and, and pray over my son was also, I mean, there's so many fingers here that I can't even tell you all about, but just the amazing people God put in, in our path. And she did go and lay his, her hands on him, and he actually felt the warmth and movement of his bowel, which he had not felt before. Um, so he did still have surgery on Tuesday, which I was kind of like, God, you showed me all these miracles. Why is he still having surgery? But it ended up being a twisted bowel, and it was only a half-hour surgery. So it went from could have been hour to two hours, bowel resection, 
uh, ended up being a twisted bowel, which, you know, very much recovery, but ability to recover. Um, and um, the cool thing is when he went to his two-week checkup after with the gastroenterologist, even he stated to my son, and he was only with him like five minutes, and he said, you know, you got a miracle, son. And my son said yes. But it also, the thing I want to um, share with you all is I did not realize that when I joined Christ Church and I started to join the small groups, that that was building my rock. Because those people were my go-to people when I needed from Texas, you know, to call them and get support and know that everybody was praying for my son. Um, that was just, you know, yeah. huge. Yeah. So don't miss this. You got that? So before the challenge came into your son's life, God had brought you to Christ Church, moved you to start getting in small groups, surrounding yourself with folks. So creating that support system for you, knowing you were going to face this challenge down the road. Correct. So when it came, you had the right people in your life, the right folks to pray for you and with you and for your son. I would have never believed that my son was going awesome, to have two surgeries. Yeah. And, and then, you know, to be able to have that connection was unbelievable. So he builds you up. He gets you in the right place. You get down there. Amongst all the people, you meet somebody who prays over bowel obstructions. Go figure. Two rows up, right? right. She comes. She right. prays. We go from bowel obstruction to... A half-hour surgery with a twisted bowel. And that's not the end of the story. No, it's not. it's a bigger miracle. Well, and the, the wonderful thing is it just um, energized my son's spirituality. And he actually joined a church on bass, and he plays drums for their worship team. So it's, it's just a wonderful situation that he can now share his experience. And also the lady from the church, you know, Judy Lewis, she has, um, you know, touched so many lives. And... It, it, it's just amazing, like you were saying in the earlier service, that it just reaches so many people. Yeah, exactly. So you're following this, right? So how many people do you think her son now is going to be able to impact because he's now leading worship in a church? So we've gone from you taking the step of coming to Christ Church, having those divine appointments and getting the right people in your life, around small groups, to the experience of being down there in the face of the challenge and God putting somebody two rows up in a church because you're a faithful follower and went to church. You heard that one, right? Uh, faithful follower went to church, yeah. And, and we go from a bowel obstruction, huge major surgery, to a half an hour twisted bowel, and now your son is up there leading worship and impacting people for Christ. Well, he's playing the drums for him, so... yeah. yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> it's awesome. It really is. It's Again, I would have never, ever imagined that this would happen. And it was devastating. Um, but like I said, just God giving me the ability to drive yeah. 19 hours through the night by myself. Um, and it was a good thing those trucks were off to the side. <laughs> it's like, you just stay sleeping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really is. And, and um, the small groups, like I said, the relationships I've made and um, just knowing that armies were praying for him. I can't tell you how just so important that was. Yeah. Now, does this sound like an Ananias moment? Does it? I mean, that's what it looks like, right? I mean, just a follower, just being available, meeting a challenge, understanding that, that God is out there and that God is in the midst of it, that God is going in front. 
And in the midst of being available to just connect with people, you know, being a follower, putting yourself in the right position with the right people, both before the experience and during the experience, and when it's all said and done, God has a greater picture of understanding what her son can do now. That the testimony that he's got and the ability he's got now to stand up there, lead, help lead people in worship, and be able to make that kind of proclamation for Christ. How awesome is understanding this principle of divine appointments and just being available? That's the way it works. That's as simple as it works. That God uses regular people like us to accomplish these extraordinary divine appointments that turn out to be miracles uh, in our lives. Cool? Yep, let's pray. Father, thanks. Uh, thanks so much because we know you are that kind of God. We know that uh, you are out in front of us and that, um, boy, we hear Jean's story today and her witness and we can see how real it is. Uh, it's just not something of uh, your people back in the first century, but it's uh, every century and you're still doing it. And so we pray today you just to help us to be like Ananias. Just let us be followers. Just followers that say, here I am, Lord. Take the risk in the midst of the challenge. Just trust your purpose in our lives above everything. And uh, just walk forward to let it unfold. Uh, and trust that you're always going to do what's right. You're always going to do what's good. And you're always going to be our sustainer, our shield. So, Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for what you've done for Gene and for her son. We thank you for the testimony. We thank you. You've got so much more to do in each of our lives. We just uh, put ourselves before you now, Lord, and say, uh, here I am. Amen. You also said, here I am, by saying uh, you were going to do something else, right? You were going to sing? Yes, I did. Yeah, so that was part of the bargain? It was. I promised God I would sing a song of praise if he gave us a miracle, so. Pay up. That's what I'm doing right now. Thank <laughs> you.